What's up, everybody? Welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 167 are open. This week on the show, we're talking about Nintendo's huge 2020 physical year sales and much more. And the talk all about that is just me. Just me this week, um, which is a... It's, it's kind of weird because last week it was just Bryce and now it's just me. We're, all, we're having a bit of trouble sort of trying to uh, link things up the last couple of weeks, mainly just because of uh, work and life commitments and stuff. Uh, this week, Bryce was actually at a friend's wedding. So uh, I'm recording this on a Sunday. So I think he's uh, quite tired and I think he's actually got his sister's birthday dinner to get organised and go to. So... You know, he's got a bit going on with the family and friends at the moment, but he'll be back next week, no doubt. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, all good fun. I wasn't on last week because uh, we're shearing at our family farm and uh, it was really hot on the Monday and all that. So I'm like, you know what, Bryce, yeah, I, I can't do it. There's either no episode or it's just you. So um, I listened to the episode like any of you guys. I sat down. Oh, well, I didn't sit down. I was listening with my wireless headphones at work. And um, I actually quite enjoy. I actually quite enjoyed it. I was like, you know, Bryce is a mate of mine, so I've, I've the time to sit down and listen to him uh, whenever, whether it's podcast form or uh, or in person. But uh, I actually didn't get around to playing the Age of Calamity demo, so hearing his sort of thoughts on the story and everything was quite good. So uh, if you haven't listened to episode 166, go back and have a listen to Bryce talk about all about that demo. Um, Bryce is a is very knowledgeable about the Legend of Zelda series, so it was really great hearing his take on that. So, yes, it's just me. So there's a lot of news to get through, but I just want to I want to address a couple of things. There's this is a massive week in real life and in gaming. It's just massive. So obviously, at the time of recording this, the U.S. election is beginning to wrap up. Um, the Democrats and Joe Biden have seemed to win it. They've already done a done their speech and everything. And I just want to sort of, like, all I've got to say about this, there's there's no no being discriminatory about different sides and politics. Obviously, I'm Australian. I'm in Australia. I've got, I've got no horse in the race. But it is just a breath of fresh air to be like, oh, you know, the man's gone. The man's gone from the White House. Because, uh, you know, Americans, like, your president really does, affect, really does affect the rest of the world. It was just getting sort of... Very tiring, um, as a lot of you guys might might know. But any any anyone who's disappointed by the news, um, you know, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but just a real nice sort of breath of fresh air for I think I think a lot of us, especially like in the sort of gaming circles on Twitter and everything, a lot of people do lean left. And even if you don't lean left um, in politics, you might be like, you know what. I'm not going to associate myself with the right so much. But, you know, I'm not so much a political guy, but, yeah, it is uh, It is really nice to see that uh, America has stepped up and done, uh, done, I guess, the what I view as the right thing, put people over anything else. So I hope uh, going forward for the next four years in the States, things start to sort of heal, <laughs> heal a bit more. But regardless... In a bit more fun news, this week is a, a massive week for not so much on the Nintendo side, or not on the Nintendo side at all, to be honest. There's nothing really coming out. But, you know, I'm sure we're not living under a rock. 
the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X are coming out and man, I'm excited. I've got pre-orders for both coming in. The Xbox Series X is coming out on the Tuesday and the PS5 is coming out on the Thursday and just so excited for both. I've got my pre-order for the, uh, the Series X coming from Target. Looking forward to setting it up, downloading heaps of stuff onto Game Pass and getting Call of Duty. Uh, what was it called? Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Um, looking forward to playing Call of Duty game. It's been about four years since I bought one. Um, and played through it. The last one I played through was Advanced Warfare, and that was the one with uh, Kevin Spacey um, as uh, the actor in it. Um, it was quite a good story. Obviously, we don't, you know, we try not to talk about Kevin Spacey too much anymore. He's, he's one of those people that's come out to be not so much of a good person. But uh, regardless, I did find that campaign a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to just going through the big booms and explosions again. And uh, the PS5, yeah, I've been looking at a lot of unboxings and a lot of uh, things as the embargoes have slowly broken out throughout the week. I'm really looking forward to it, man. This, uh, I'm really looking forward to playing uh, Demon Souls. I haven't really gotten to a Souls game before. I actually uh, got um, Dark Souls on a sale on Nintendo eShop, and I have I never got around to playing it. I bought it like in April, and April's a pretty... Uh, busy period of the year for me as well but it was just like it was like 20 bucks or something so i'm like yeah i'll give it a go um and i bought it and i, <laughs> I never gave it a go but um with demon souls on ps4 just uh, not ps4 ps5 uh, i'm gonna be mixing up them quite a bit over the next few months i dare say but looking forward to giving that souls genre a go i really like the aesthetic and everything that's what got me got me into make a pre-order on the game so looking forward to that and uh just uh even like a little not not little big planet um uh, Sackboy, a big adventure. Just, it looks like Mario 3D World. It looks like an absolutely fantastic platformer. Looking forward to getting into it. I uh, really haven't seen that much from it. Just, but from the gameplay we've seen, it looks like just a really fun platformer. Um, a couple of days ago, it got announced that online co-op has been delayed, but that's all good. I was going to play it by myself at home anyway. But it looks like a really fun um, platformer that. Um, does take some inspiration from 3D World, which was an absolutely fantastic game that's coming out to the Switch next year. So really looking forward to that. And uh, what was the other PS? Uh, oh, and uh, yeah, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Holy shit. Cannot wait for that one either. So um, I think like the rest of the year, honestly, is going to be dominated by these new consoles coming out. And I'm not necessarily so worried about that. Like since the Switch came out in 2017, uh, I kind of dropped the playstation because like i've been a big i've been a like a massive playstation fan for i guess it's coming up to 10 years or so like i got i got into it in the ps3 generation because i really like the exclusives on that and going to the ps4 it, it just got better and better but since the switch came out it sort of i enjoyed that system so much that i just sort of dropped off of playing every single PlayStation exclusive. So I'm hoping I can sort of try and keep up with the PlayStation exclusives again. But like, I know realistically it probably <laughs> probably won't happen, but um, looking forward to getting into it because realistically on Switch, the only thing that I'm like really looking forward to well, um, is a Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. And that's mainly because of the story and not necessarily the gameplay. Um, I got the demo downloaded, but I'm kind of hesitant to start it. Whether I'd, because I know if I play it now and have like two weeks a gap between like those story beats, I know like I'm going to like forget things and like forget where I am and maybe forget some of the gameplay and all that. I know it's only a couple of weeks at this point, but I would like just to play it all, you know, together. So I think at this stage, I'm going to leave the demo 
um, untouched and uh, just play the full game when it comes out. Because it's not too long now and um, I'm looking at my schedule for, for the next like three weeks. I've got a buck show coming up. Um, one of my friends is getting married, so doing that one weekend. But another one, I'm going up to Adelaide because my partner brought a new car, so we're going up to get that. But the next weekend is that same mate's wedding. So um, there's a lot of weekends filled in there, so... I uh, don't know how much game time I'm going to get with my new consoles, but obviously with the power of the Switch, I can put it in my pocket and I can take it with me. So, I mean, that's all good. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for portable systems because um, it's portable systems have always fit into my lifestyle. So, uh, really grateful that Nintendo are still making them. And uh, I think uh, judging by a lot of the news that we're going to go through, just system sales, uh, hardware sales, uh um, game sales, just everything to do with all this stuff. A lot of people are thankful that Nintendo are making a portable system and they've really found a fantastic, I was going to say niche, but it's a bit bigger than just a niche. But before we get into the news this week, guys, um, I just checked to see if we had any new iTunes reviews or Apple podcast reviews before we jump into it. And we actually do. I was uh, very surprised. It's been a bit of a drought, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a, a review. But this is a five-star review from, from Bung Holio at 49SJ. And uh, I, I love that name. I don't know if that's a Beavis and Butthead reference. Like, mm, Bung Holio. I don't know exactly, but love the name. I, if I'm pronouncing it wrong or I'm reading it wrong, um, I'd like to think I'm not because that sounds funny. But uh, very to the point, they say, great show. The hosts have a great flow together. And thank you very much, Bungholio. Uh, sorry for the last couple of weeks. We are not on together, so we do not have much of a flow together because we are not talking with one another. But um, sort of when we get out of this busy season, which uh, I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know if it's going to be after Christmas or whatever, but it will be uh, a pretty wild ride as far as work and um, family and commitments go up but we will keep this podcast going so if anyone would like to add to our podcast reviews you can go to apple Podcasts and leave us a review there it really does help out the show um somehow we have gone down from a five star rating overall to a 4.9 out of five so we've lost one point so there's one person out there who's i don't know what they reviewed us at <laughs> but where it was just like out of four or something. It's just like taking one point out. But regardless, we're at 50 ratings on Apple Podcasts, so that's really cool. Um, really, really helpful, guys. So thank you so much for that. So without further ado, let's get into some of the news because there's a fair bit. And I guess that's kind of a, the good thing about doing a solo podcast because I can get through it a bit quicker. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see anyway. Woohoo! All right, so the physical year results are out for Nintendo. And just to start off with, I don't know, like a lot of people out there might not find all of this stuff that interesting. If you're listening to a Nintendo podcast, you like if you're going out and like looking for it in particular, you might find this type of stuff pretty interesting. I know I do. Um, I follow like a lot of the video game industry pretty closely. Um even though, like, I don't get to play a whole lot of games just with how, you know, being an adult is, unfortunately. But 
I follow very closely. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen, I'll read a lot of articles and all that just about video games. And um, I do find sales very interesting. So let's start off with the hardware sales. So Nintendo Switch is now at 68.30 million units and has sold 456.49 million units. And yeah, so it's gone up quite a bit. Um, of quite a few million units, which we'll get into later. But now the Nintendo Switch has outsold the um, the NES, the Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, Nintendo GameCube, and it's a uh, it's a uh, I wouldn't say it's getting to the point where it might be taking over the Game Boy Advance. It's still got a quite a while to go to reach that family of systems, but the Game Boy Advance uh, uh, ended its life at um, 81.51 million units. So it's got quite a bit to go, but um, the Game Boy Advance overall, obviously the Game Boy Advance um, did not have that long a life. It only had about, uh, I guess, uh, three or four years before Nintendo brought out the DS and sort of cut the life cord for the Game Boy Advance. But for the software sales for Game Boy Advance, it sold 377 million units. So Nintendo Switch, uh, 456 million units uh, for its uh, software sales, it's actually outselling it by quite a bit. And that's the important sort of um, metric you want. Like Nintendo puts out their system and most of their profits come from selling their own games and selling uh, third-party games at their 30% cut that they get. And I guess uh, more to the point too, the Nintendo 3DS um, is probably the next in the site for Nintendo Switch to take over hardware sales. Nintendo 3DS finished at... Uh, 75.94 million units. So it's still got quite a bit. By the time we get the next financial results, I dare say it wouldn't have quite taken over the 3DS. Depends on how strong a holiday sales that the um, Switch has at the end of the day. I do think that um, it's going to have quite a strong Christmas just with its uh, uh, game library and everything it's got at the moment. And just talking about the PS4 and Xbox Series X, they're gonna like they would have sold out ASAP. Um, I don't think you'll be able to get one if you just go into a store and maybe if you're really lucky. I think uh, there's been a couple of articles and a couple of things around that um, stores will have them online, like at launch. But it's gonna be hard. So a lot of families might be like, "Well, right, we can't get the the really expensive PlayStation, but the Switch and the Switch Lite are on a good sale at the moment." So. Uh, maybe we'll sell switches like that. And um, so to uh, jump a bit more into it, there's an article from gamesindustry.biz and the title is Nintendo raises forecast as H1 profits triple to 2.8 billion. And uh, when I go through this article, I might stumble a bit just because I'm going to be cutting out the uh, yen and just say in in American dollars rather than um, read out the yen. So I've got to like, cut it out so there might be like a bit of um yeah a bit of a bit of science just like that <laughs> before i um read out the actual stats so let's jump into it so the article reads nintendo has released its results for the first half of its physical year showing a dramatic increase in profits for the first six months ended september 30th net sales were reported at 7.4 billion up 73 percent uh, from the forty, uh, from the four point three billion recorded during the same period last year, of this, overseas sales accounted for uh, five point seven billion, or seventy seven point five of the total. 
The surge in sales co- contributed to 209 year-on-year rise in operating profit, now at $2.8 billion, while ordinary profit is up 249% to $2.85 billion. The platform holder did not attribute the growth to anything in particular, but it's a safer bet that the pandemic and its major impact on people's uh, increased appetite for video games during uh, has been a major factor. Following a uh, successful start to its financial year, Nintendo has increased its forecast for the 12 months ended March 31st, 2020. Net sales are now expected to reach 30 13.4 billion up from 11.4 billion operating profit estimates uh, estimates uh, estimates have been increased from 2.9 billion to 4.3 billion while ordinary profit has been raised from 2.8 billion to 4.2 billion by comparison net sales have uh, for the previously released year were 12.5 billion with operation profit at 4. Uh, 3.4 billion and ordinary profit um, uh, and ordinary profit to 3.5 billion hardware sales for the 6 month period rose 80% year on year to 12.553 billion units uh, while what uh, sorry of which the primary switch uh, primary model of the Switch accounted for 8.36 billion, with uh, 4.17 million Switch units sold. That's up from 1.95 million lights sold at the same period last year. Although it's worth noting that the handheld device launched in September, so it's less than a month's sales. The Switch Lite has not now sold more than 10 million units, with the console's total life time sales at uh, 68.3 million that means one out of every every seven switch units sold is has been a light nintendo raised its hardware sales forecast for the financial year uh, year up from 19 million million units to 24 million units software sales saw a 71.4 lift uh, percent lift compared to the same six month period last year recorded at a hundred and a hundred point two five million units. This includes both box and digital versions of games. Although does not account uh, does not count download only software or add on content. More than a hundred and fifty six million Switch games have been sold since the launch of the console in March twenty seventeen. Uh, digital continues to be a key driver of Nintendo's growth, with a download sales up 139% year on year, uh, year on year to 1.6 billion. This accounts for 47.2 uh, of uh, of all software sales in the first half of the physical year, but in the first quarter, this was as high as 55.6%. Uh, th- uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars was the biggest new release launching in September to coincide with the 35th anniversary of the original Super Mario Bros. It's already shifted um, 5.21 million units worldwide. Meanwhile, Paper Mario The Origami King is a surprise release this July and it has sold uh, 2.82 million units. Animal Crossing New Horizons was by far the company's biggest seller for the period, shifting 
7 million units. Uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars was the second biggest seller. Uh, the latest Animal Crossing has now sold 26.4 million, uh, 26.04 million units since launching in March. Other ongoing sellers include uh, include uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at 4.21 million units so far this financial year. And uh, it says a Rift Fit here, but uh, Ring Fit Adventure at 2.11 million units. Mario Kart still stands as the Switch's best-selling game of all time, just shy of 29 million units. There were 20 titles that have been sold sold more than a million units during this financial year, including five uh, unspecified third-party titles. Titles such as Le- uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, uh, Super Mario Party, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, Super Mario Odyssey, and Splatoon 2 more than doubled their sales compared to the same period last year, each uh, at over at a million units. Nintendo's mobile business continues to grow steadily with sales at 33, uh, 33.9% year-on-year to uh, 256 million. So a lot to take in there, guys. Um, obviously Nintendo is going very well and with the sort of pandemic and Animal Crossing success throughout the year, it's just been a massive, massive year for Nintendo and, uh, sort of going off all of this as well, that, um, Nintendo's sort of shortages for Nintendo switch have, um, eased. So this is a a quote from the president, uh, Mr. Farakawa, the switch hardware momentum remain strong and we think that's because production has recovered so customers who were previously unable to find a switch on store shelves are now able to farakawa um, said farakawa he said that the switch production situation has now completely recovered and we have no issues with that uh, end quote as a result nintendo's switch system should no, no longer be hard to find online or in stores so a bit of relief for anyone who's looking for a nintendo switch out there and uh, just to go through sort of the game sales before we um, sit down and talk about some some of this bit more. So the top 10 best-selling games on the Nintendo Switch are now New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe at 8.32 million units, Splatoon 2 at 11.27 million units, Super Mario Party at 12.10 million units, uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee together at 12.47 million units, um, and a big jump to Mario Odyssey at 18.99 million units. So it's very close to 19 million. Pokemon Sword and Shield at 19.02 million units. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild at 19.74 million units. And Super Smash Bros. Ultimate at uh, 21.10 million units. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons at uh, 26.04 million units. And at number one, obviously still there, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at 28.99 million units. So just over a million units shy of 30 million units. The first Nintendo Switch game game to reach that milestone. And we'll no doubt see that uh, next financial quarter. So a lot to uh, sort of digest here that Nintendo has had an amazing sort of um, sales and they've upped their sort of projections for each category, whether it is uh, how many Nintendo... Um, switch units they um, want to ship and sell or game software and all that and relatively uh, 2020 has been a pretty quiet year for Nintendo obviously we've seen a fair few sort of uh, games out there 
Um, but really, it hasn't been that big a um, big a year for Nintendo. Um, we've had Paper Mario, The Origami King, Super Mario 3D, All-Stars, um, th- uh, was it 51 Worldwide Games, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX, and Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. That's sort of what we've had over 2020. And um, it's been... I guess it's kind of been o- underwhelming compared to some of the previous years. But comparing it to some of the previous years, especially 27, uh, 2017, when the Switch came out and we got Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, Splatoon 2, ARMS, um, that was just a fantastic year. And I think that's that's the year to beat for me. That was an absolutely amazing year. Just in video games in general, obviously, on the, even on the PlayStation side, we had um, Horizon and Persona 5. Um just uh yeah, just it was a it was a crazy year. Could not keep up with the games coming out that year. Um so it has been sort of a slower year for Nintendo, but as far as um it's shown just from their sales of, of the Switch that we really they really didn't um need those titles. <laughs> they can sort of hold some back and maybe next year when they're trying to get some attention away from the PS5 and Xbox Series X when they're back in stock and people are going to pick them up, maybe Maybe that's when they'll have Breath of the Wild 2 or the next Mario title or something um, in their canon ready to go. And I also found it really interesting as well, um, the Switch Lite sales. So a few weeks ago, we read out some um, sort of comments from Michael Pachter, who is an industry analyst. And, you know, he says he says some things that make sense and he says some things that don't make sense. But uh, the, the last sort of comment we, we read out that, um, he said that Nintendo sh- are, are pretty much they're stupid and they should get rid of the the Switch because no one, everyone just plays it in handheld mode. No one plays it on the TV. But from from the stats we have here now, like the updated stats from September 30th, which weren't long ago at all, uh, Nintendo Nintendo Switch Lite has sold um, a bit over 10 million. So I guess one in every seven Switch users has a Switch Lite. Um, so there's just way more uh, normal original switches out there. So uh, it might go against his point because people aren't going out there buying just a, a Switch Lite. And uh, even less people would probably have um, just a Switch Lite because I know like a lot of people have gone out and bought a Switch Lite on top of their original Switch. It's people like me who um, bought their bought their Switch Lite and said, you know what, I want that Pokemon one as well. Um, so they might own multiple Switch Lights or multiple Switches or however it goes. So um, it is a, it is, now we've actually got some statistics. It is a silly thing to look at. But um, regardless as well, like the games that came out this year have uh, sold really well. So Paper Mario the Origami King is at 2.82 million units. Uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, as we started before, is at 5.21 million uh, 51 Worldwide Games has sold 1.81 million units. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, which is nuts. Like, just compare this stat to the rest of the games that came out in this list. Um, Animal Crossing New Horizons at 26.04 million units. Hasn't even been 12 months, guys. Like, I don't know. This is like Call of Duty numbers across three platforms. That is nuts. Um, and... and uh, what we got here? Um, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. So last reported, I was at two point, no, sorry, at one point two six million units, and it doesn't actually have a new figure. Um, that was its last uh, update. 
So it mustn't have sold too much more. And I can't imagine it selling too much more. I think uh, the people that wanted it probably got it. Obviously, it sold quite well uh, when it came out. I bought it because it's uh, it was the first game in the series, and I really liked the Mystery Dungeon series. So it was a, a cool thing that they remade that game. Um, still haven't actually finished it, though, because I sort of... I don't know, sort of lost interest in it a bit. Um, and uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition sold 1.4 million units, which is uh, really great for that series. So, yeah, Nintendo Switch games that came out this year sold really well. And uh, just a bit more information about Xenoblade Chronicles. So, uh, not the Definitive Edition, but the game that came out in 2017, so Xenoblade Chronicles 2, has now officially sold over uh, uh, 2 million copies. So this is just uh, grabbing a bit of an article from uh, FinalWeapon.net. So they say, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 has officially sold over uh, 2 million copies worldwide. As of Nintendo's latest financial report, the game sold over uh, 160,000 copies in the past six months and is uh, Monolith Soft's first game to sell over 2 million copies. So just a massive, massive milestone for Monolith Soft and... uh, just massive for this sort of genre of game. It's obviously a very um, kind of niche game. It's not a Legend of Zelda game. It's not a Pokemon game. It's not a Smash Bros game. So um, having this level of sales is just fantastic. And there's a couple more games that have had similar successes as well. Um, the the sales for uh, Paper Mario The Origami King now put that game as the fastest selling Paper Mario game ever. So just grabbing this from Nintendo Life, in Nintendo's latest six-month earning report, it was revealed that Paper Mario The Origami King has sold 2.82 million copies in less than three months. So how does this compare to the previous entries in the series? Following in the footsteps from the other third-party Nintendo releases this generation, this means that uh, The Origami King is now the fastest-selling Paper Mario game ever. Uh, the uh, Super Paper Mario on the Wii was the previous record holder, reportedly shifting uh, 2.28 million units in about a year. Despite losing the title as the fastest-selling Paper Mario entry, Super Paper Mario still has the most lifespan sales, approximately at 4.23 million units. Um, as with all past uh, games on the Switch, it seems that the success and the ongoing demand for the system itself has played a huge part in the latest Paper Mario sales. So, uh, I don't. I definitely expect uh, the Origami King to outsell um, Super Paper Mario as well. They've only got a bit over, or a, a bit under, two million more units to go, and that was at sales from the first three months. So it's got plenty of time to catch up and be the best-selling game in that series. And uh, continuing this trend of the best-selling games in the series, Fire Emblem Three Houses is now the best-selling entry in the entire series. So. This is also from uh, Nintendo Life. So Nintendo's latest sales sales data reveals that Fire Emblem Three Houses has now shifted uh, 3.02 million units worldwide. This makes it the best-selling entry in the entire Fire Emblem series as of June this year. It's taken the crown from Fire Emblem Fates on 3DS. Yes, oh, yep, so that's going into that. So just massive success all around for Nintendo franchises. The Switch continues to absolutely kill it. Whatever they put onto this thing, it just seems to break records for um, whether it's just records in general or records for series by series. So Fire Emblem, that was once a series that was uh, going to be cancelled if it wasn't for Awakening's um, success on 3DS. And now it's going on just to break records in that own series. 
and Paper Mario as well. It's just uh, really great to see. Um, you know, Fire Emblem, it's it's a game that I, I love the characters and I love the aesthetic, but the gameplay um, isn't necessarily my favorite thing to do. Um, <laughs> I wish it was. It's one of those things where I just like, I want it to click with me, but it just doesn't necessarily click with me as well as like Smash Bros or Mario, Zelda, some of these more like action-based games. But um, I'm really happy to see that Nintendo's uh, got some good success here because um, it, it seems weird to sort of like root for like a, I guess, a, a billion-dollar company as like your team. But for the most part, Nintendo does put out just great products. Like Fire Emblem Three Houses was a, was a great product and it's great to see that they're seeing results, um, seeing it sell well, sell it, break records for their own franchise. Um, and, uh, you know, some of these franchises like Fire Emblem and like Paper Mario, well, Paper Mario doesn't really count because it's a, it is a part of Mario, I guess, but, uh, it is, a it's, it's good to see that, you know, they're, they're like growing the, growing the brands that we, that we really enjoy. So moving a little bit away from, uh, Nintendo, I guess this is, um, to Niantic's Pokemon Go now and, uh. With the, I guess, the global pandemic and everything that's happened over the last year, uh, Pokemon Go has seen uh, quite a big imp- increase in spending, and um, I can sort of, uh, att- I can sort of uh, put my hand up and say, yeah, I actually did spend a bit more money on Pokemon Go this year because of what was going on and some of the changes they made. Because some of the changes they made in Pokemon Go were quite appealing um, before they changed some of them back because <laughs> I haven't spent money in it before. Oh, no, probably three or four months at this point. So this is an article from gamesindustry.biz and the title is Pokemon Go's 2020 revenues estimated at $1 billion so far. So the article reads, Sensor Tower estimates that Pokemon Go has already surpassed $1 billion in player spending so far this year. Revenues for the first 10 months of 2020 are 30% higher than the same time last year and 11% higher than the entirety of 2019, according to the company's blog post. Since its launch in 2016, Pokemon Go has taken more than just shy of $4.2 billion in uh, player spending globally. Uh, the US is the game's biggest market at $1.5 billion, 36.3 of total spending. Uh, percent of total spending. Uh, Japan is the second with 1.3 billion and 31.3 percent of the total, followed by Germany uh, with a uh, um, what we got of uh, yeah. So Germany is uh, and that goes down to uh, 57 percent. So it goes down quite a bit after <laughs> uh, the states and Japan. I wonder what Australia would be. We would be like a uh, point point two or something. We'd be like nothing. My $90 or whatever I put into it this year would be nothing. (laughs) Um, Earlier this year, developer Niantic made several changes to the game in order to make it easier for players to participate from home without having to travel to different locations as, as they have since launch in 2016. The changes led to an immediate spike in player spending and Niantic has since uh, decided to make some of these changes permanent. For the first 10 months of 2020, Pokemon Go is the third biggest game in the world in the world of terms of spending across iOS and Android, uh, but discontinuing third-party Android stores such as those that only operate in China. It loses out to only $0.10 cents, uh, PUBG Mobile and Honor of Kings, which are the first and second uh, respectively. Uh, most of the game's lifetime spending comes from Google Play, 
at 2.2 billion or 53.4% of total revenues. The App Store represents 1.9 billion or 46.6%. So massive sales for Pokemon Go. It's not too much of a surprise. I find it kind of funny because every now and again, I um, I think like in front of like if I'm playing... When was it? It was earlier this year. I got Pokemon Go out and in front of my mum and she's like, oh, Pokemon Go, is that still a thing? People still playing that? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I just got back into it. And, you know, these these numbers just show that Pokemon Go not only has it not gone, gone anywhere, obviously it's not in the zeitgeist like it was because I remember I, I remember when Pokemon Go came out in 2016. Um, it was a thing that I just had the back in the back of my head. Like, oh yeah, there's this little project uh, Nintendo are involved with, and it seems like quite quite fun. I'll give it a download, and um, when the beta finally broke, and oh, I'll give it a download, and I I could not believe that not only were non gaming people playing it or non Pokemon playing people playing it, like literally everyone. I remember my soccer club like well, uh, at training, like everyone had their phone out playing Pokemon Go. And people that I never expected to be involved with Nintendo or Pokemon or anything, they were right into it. They were going for walks at night or whatever. It was just such a phenomenon. I cannot believe it. It even reached like our small town here in South Australia. But uh, yeah, not only has Pokemon Go sort of not gone anywhere, obviously the amount of people uh, that were playing in 2016, it's not quite at that or nowhere near that, but um, it's making more money than it ever has mainly because of the global pandemic and some of the smart changes Niantic made to the game to accommodate people. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, for the most part, Niantic are doing a great job with Pokemon Go. There's some sort of uh, weird changes they've made with uh, Mega Evolution. A lot of people aren't that happy with it, um, including myself. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm not happy with it. I just sort of like shrug my shoulders and go, all right, I'm not interested and I didn't really play it. Um, the implementation where you have to like do raids which uh, involves spending money on passes um, to get mega energy to evolve your Pokemon for four hours. They changed it to um, eight hours. They doubled it. So it pretty much lasts you for a day, but it just doesn't interest me to uh, spend money on passes to just accumulate energy. Whereas like, I'll spend my money on a pass to catch a legendary Pokemon or, you know, potentially get a shiny legendary Pokemon, just but just to um, get energy. I'm like, nah, I'm not interested. I'd rather just catch it. And uh, I'll be good with that. Like if they just treat mega evolutions like they treat legendaries and you just like catch it and it stays as a mega, I would have been more happy with that, but regardless. Um, And just really quickly um, to round out sort of the big numbers coming out of everywhere, uh, Pokemon Masters uh, EX has now been downloaded over uh, 30 million times. So nothing too much. I'm really, I'm, I'm I'm a big Pokemon fan, but Pokemon Masters, they lost me at launch. I couldn't, couldn't care less. Um, At least, Pokemon Go sort of interests me a bit more because it is tied into, it will be tied very soon into Pokemon Home and the mainline games. You can catch something, put it to Pokemon Home and then put it into the mainline games. So catching shinies and all that, like it's it's all integrated as one thing. So that's what makes me interested in Go. But uh, Pokemon Masters, I'm like, oh, I don't care. Couldn't care less. But if you um if you do want to, if you are involved with the game, to celebrate, they are giving out uh, 1,500 gems for free. So if you want to get involved in some free gems, I know that game's been giving free gems at the kazoo because they've been making up for a lot of mistakes over the last year. But regardless, uh, very cool. You get some free currency to spend on some unlocks. So right, that's uh, that's all the financial stuff. So uh, 
it's always interesting that you know just just hear and read about and see how our you know one of our favorite gaming companies is going out there um and they're going very well so you know cool i guess <laughs> uh i'm i'm hoping that this is more of a down year for at least just uh releases in general and that we will see some uh I guess bigger and somewhat more exciting releases next year because like really this year the only like big game we got was Animal Crossing um, which uh, has pretty much sustained Nintendo for the whole year. So I'm going to have a bit of a swig of Coke because that was a lot of talking. It's 40 minutes of talking apparently according to my uh, clock here. Hmm. Man. All right, we're back. Okay. So this one's from uh, my Nintendo News, and this is uh, quite a nice uh, thing to say. I hadn't actually seen it before. I uh, went through sort of uh, the internet to sort of find out the latest news, but this is a really nice one. So um, an accessibility controller uh, for Nintendo Switch has been made by Hori. Um so the article reads from my Nintendo news, much like Microsoft and its adaptive controller suited for games with limited mobility, Hori have released their own version for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, the Hori Flex can now connect to a TV or Nintendo Switch console and gives the option to remap the buttons via an app uh, to make playing easier for those who can't play or uh, can't play with a standard controller or find it difficult doing so. Currently, it's only available in Japan for approximately uh, 180 yen. Uh, just in brackets here, the adaptive controller currently retails at 75 uh, oh, pounds. It's pounds here. Jesus. I thought it was weird. <laughs> so uh, 70, 75 pounds uh, with no word on it being made available outside of its territory. Uh, hopefully, this will change and uh, this brilliant creation can be rolled out to all territories uh, soon, allowing everyone to play have the ability to play Nintendo's console. Uh, so it's, it's a really great thing because when Microsoft first revealed the adaptive controller, it was just like, it's a, it's a, it's something that a lot of us don't think about very often. Just like someone who's injured or maybe has, you know, something with their hands or colorblind or like, well, just anything that prohibits them from using a normal controller. This is just a fantastic thing. Because, like, e even if you're, like, an uh, enabled person who can move about and all that, like, if you have an injury where you, like, hurt your wrist or, you know, cut off a thumb or just have some uh, awful accident and you're off work, or so, example, like, well, I can't really do much but play video games while I recover, um, you might not even be able to do that with uh, just a normal controller. So having these options now where you can sort of have this uh, controller where you can plug various things into it and allow you to input with a game is just amazing. And uh, it's something that both PlayStation and Nintendo have been missing. Obviously, with Microsoft going and making actually a first-party officially made controller for the Xbox is just a phenomenal thing. And I had sort of no idea how it worked until I actually looked up a video only a few days ago where where it's got like two massive buttons and a D-pad, but you're able to plug in just on the back of it. It's just got heaps and heaps and heaps of different ports and you're able to plug in separate uh, sort of devices that act as each button. So it can be like the left stick or the right stick or the triggers or each face button. 
And it's just uh, just amazing to see and how it sort of broadens gaming to just millions more people, um, people that really want to play and and uh, unfortunately can't with a normal controller. And I've been thinking about it sort of the last th- uh, few uh, weeks as well, just like with uh, Nintendo being just accessible to um, multiple people, it's it's something that they really struggle with. Um, especially, we saw this a lot with uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee where it had forced motion controls with the Pokeball Go Plus or the Joy-Cons. And for, for the most part, especially because Pokemon's been just like, it's a really easy game to play. Even looking at Pokemon Sword and Shield, like you can play it with one Joy-Con and you can use the trigger as the select button or the A button. So you can, someone who maybe has a hand injury or no hand at all or missing an arm or whatever it is, um, it's actually quite an easy game to play because you just move around with uh, the stick and you can press A and that's how you select your attacks. So you move around and all that. So it's uh, really quite uh, done quite well. But with Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, Let's Go, Eevee, Eevee, there's no way to actually interact with the Pokemon catching mechanic without motion controls, whether it's handheld mode, sort of using the gyroscope or on the TV, we're actually flicking the Joy-Con. And I saw lots of things on Reddit and forums and that where people were saying like, you know, they just can't play it. There's no way to play it. And that was especially disappointing because playing that game, there's no reason there can't be a different sort of control method for that game. There's no reason it couldn't just be like aiming a reticle or no reason it couldn't be a touchscreen, just tapping the Pokemon. There's no reason for it at all. Um, so, and... That goes for a lot of Nintendo games that, you know, have motion controls or whatever. Like, obviously, going back to the Wii, uh, in that console was uh, very accessible. Like, people didn't know how to use buttons and sticks, but they know how to flick their wrist. But people that, you know, couldn't do that, there was no other option to allow them to, you know, play Wii Sports or, you know, bowling, tennis and all that. So, I think, yeah, just all games going forward, people and development uh, development teams and that really need to think about how they can sort of implement more accessibility options to, you know, just get people playing their games because whether you're using a controller or you're using um, one of these Hori controllers or the adaptive controller, it's just really important that anyone can jump in and play the games because um, I feel like people that um, maybe have these injuries or disabilities, you know, they need video games more than anyone just to sit back and get swept up in the magic developers put on screen for them. So, yeah, it's great that uh, Hori are bringing this to Nintendo Switch without, you know, because you could use the, uh, the the adaptive controller from Xbox on Switch, but it, it wasn't officially work. You had, you had to use like a bit of a workaround for it. Uh, so this is all for, also from my Nintendo News, and this is a real quick one. So there's a, a brand new Spirit Board event, and it's uh, titled Hiding Your True Self. So if you're still playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, then you may be happy to hear that there's an in-game spirit board event uh, now underway. The event is is called Hiding Your True Self, and it features spirits that put masks or hide their face. You'll be able to defeat them in the spirit board and earn even more spirit points than usual. And like a lot of the time, I um you know I brush over these and I don't really bring them up that much, but I think it's like a cool thing they do. Uh, but there was a, was it last month or something where I was actually doing the spirit board because I'm still in the process of getting all the spirits and Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I haven't played it in a, in a fair while now, um, a few weeks. But when there was an event on, I was getting like so much more uh, just currency and items and that from doing it. So it was actually like really, really useful. 
So if you're actually interested in doing the spirits, uh, it's, it's a great time to actually line it up with these events just to get uh, more, more loot from when you're doing it. So just to bring that up. And uh, this is a bit of a weird one. So also from my Nintendo news, uh, the title is Amazon and Nintendo team up to randomly ship products in Mario themed boxes. And the article reads, Nintendo has announced uh, on my Nintendo missions that it has teamed up with Amazon in North America to bring products uh, with Super Mario Bros branded boxes uh, for packaging. The boxes are dispatched completely at random for whoever for whatever online goods you purchase from Amazon and are only available in limited quantities. Uh, the company states that internationally purchasing Nintendo products via Amazon will not increase the possibility of receiving a Super Mario Bros. branded box. So this is uh, just a strange one. It's just uh, obviously with Mario's uh, 35th year anniversary, um, Nintendo are looking at different ways to celebrate this and different partners to partner up with to get their brand out there. But uh, yeah, just randomly putting boxes out there to people who um, order off Amazon, it's just a bit strange. And uh, you can sort of see people getting these boxes and just opening very carefully, getting like, you know, I don't know, their shaver and their hair gel out of it and keeping their Nintendo box and like selling it online for God knows how much. These, these are probably going to be a bit of a collectible item just because they are random to get. Um, it might be actually quite hard to get. But yeah, just just a really quite a, a random thing um, to bring up, and this is a sort of non Nintendo news in some ways. But this is from uh, Nintendo Life, and uh, they say, "Oh, the, the title is that uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition isn't coming to Nintendo Switch." And I'll just bring this up because uh, Mass Effect trilogy rumors were rumored to come to PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. And the Mass Effect series has actually been a series that I haven't played before, and uh, with its a uh, backwards compatibility, Jesus, I'm tripping over my words here. Uh, with its backwards compatibility on uh, the Xbox Series X, I'm like, all right, um, I'm going to play through this series at least try at least try it, see if I enjoy it. Um, go through Mass Effect One, Two, and Three um, because it's a series that a lot of people really, really love. It's I think it's a very important um, game over the last uh, or series over the last over ten years. When the Mass Effect One come out, like 2007 or something. Not sure, not sure. But regardless, it's a, it's a, the games that I wanted to play and I'm like, all right, well, my best chances of actually getting through them would be on Switch. So if the trilogy comes to Switch, I'll be more than happy to pick it up there. And uh, no, it's, it's not coming to Switch. It's coming to PS4, um, PC and Xbox One. Obviously, with uh, the system's backwards compat- compatibility, it's going to be on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. So if you want the games... Uh, that aren't remastered, but they're running at better frame rates, better res- resolutions, and you know all that fun stuff, w- which comes with uh, just having better hardware. Uh, you can play them there, but not Nintendo Switch, unfortunately, which uh, kind of sucks. Uh, just another little bit of interesting news. So back to my Nintendo news. Uh, for, for Mitsu readers, most wanted Nintendo games. So this is, this is interesting, and I've got a I've got a point to bring up here too. So I'll just go through the the top ten. Most wanted games on Nintendo Switch. Um, so at number ten, Sakuna uh, of Rice and Ruin, which looks really cool actually. Number nine, Rune Factory Five. Uh, number eight, Yushuri. Uh, number seven, uh, Dumaturu Densuru. Uh, number <laughs> number six, uh, Bravely Default Two. Number f- uh, five, Bayonetta Three. Number four, uh, 
Shimigami Tensei 5. Uh, number three, uh, Horror Warriors Age of Calamity. Number two, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. And number one is Monster Hunter Rise. Um, so it's it's not surprising that Monster Hunter's at the top and there's two Legend of Zelda games there and Bayonetta, Shimigami Tensei. Uh, it's, yeah, it's all it's all pretty obvious stuff for, for, for Japan. Um, but I did want to bring up that they list here that so this is from Famitsu. So going back to Bryce and I's pizza bet. So Bryce isn't here to sort of um, poo-poo this idea. But I want to put it to you guys in the audience, uh, you guys who sat through, I don't know, was it our half an hour bicker uh, a few months ago? But they do list here that uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is its own game and that The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 is its own game. So Bryce's argument of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Age of Calamity is Breath of the Wild 2, uh, is sort of, a, you know, sort of split up here. Um, and I, I've been th- I've been thinking since that sort of, uh, that uh, I guess, debate as well, that, you know, Age of, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, it's not even titled The Legend of Zelda. Like, I don't know. I, I definitely consider myself to have uh, maybe won that debate but I've just uh, put it aside. It doesn't really matter, but I, just, I thought it was just a little funny thing to bring up because like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that actually, that brings us to the end of the news. So that was, that was a pretty long bit of news there, but I want to, um, I've been wanting to do this for, for a little while now, but just with, uh, you know, time and it takes a bit of time to organize the show and having to do this sort of adds to it. So I haven't been able to do it the last few months, but, I want to uh, highlight some games that have came to Nintendo Switch eShop this week. So I've got three games here that sort of stood out to me. Obviously, there's there's a lot of games there, so I haven't been able to look into all of them and all that. But these are these are the ones where I've literally just looked at the title and go, all right, I'll choose that. And I've chosen them for different reasons. So the first one's Arcade Archives, Pet in Peru. So this uh, stood out to me because the Arcade Archives series is just fantastic, just putting... Um, old arcade games onto Switch to play. Um, a lot of them have been like for the first time. You haven't been able to play them except for the actual uh, arcade cabinet itself. So I don't know a lot about this, but uh, Pet and Peru is an action game released by Sunsoft in 1984. Take control of your character, uh, Petten, and uh, make use of plates to wipe out bugs and solve inter- in- uh, so- and solve the interdimensional maze. You will need to master four different types of plates, all with their own characteristics. And just from the screenshots here, it looks like it's like a, a grid-based thing where you go around and whatever. I really don't know much about it, but just like if you're interested in that series, sort of remastering arcade games, uh, it's pretty cool. And uh, Tropico 6 is the next one. So Tropico 6 uh, Nintendo Switch Edition includes the, the exclusive palace design the captivating flamingo pond, uh, something every dictator <laughs> craves to impress his neighboring states and a tourist costume for El Prez to enjoy those warm Caribbean nights uh, accurately. So, yeah, I just thought this was a cool... It's a, it's another sort of uh, uh, city-building game. Uh, sort of the, the last few ones that have came to Switch haven't ran all that hot. So if you're interested in Tropico 6, I definitely recommend just checking out reviews or gameplay or maybe your favorite Twitch stream or something like that just to see how this game runs. Um, but it is cool. More of these games are coming to Switch because uh, it, it does look, it is actually quite impressive that these games are now on a handheld system. 
And one of the ones that I'm actually kind of most excited about, I uh, I just had this as a list, and I just saw the list of games, and this game is called My Little Dog Adventure. And I'm like, oh, what is this? Like, surely this is like some shovelware. It looks, you know, just just a silly waste of time. But I went onto the Nintendo eShop page, and straight away I'm like, wow, this game is gorgeous. It's got like a really nice sort of uh, papercraft art style. I'm like, wow, it looks really nice. And just the, the summary for the game on the eShop is... Um, in Little Dog Adventure, you play as a little dog that discovers the world on its mission to find its way back home. It's a short, emotional, story-driven exploration game that will keep you invested with an immersive story and lovable characters. I'm like, huh, that actually sounds quite good. It looks really, it looks, it, like the game looks beautiful. I, I haven't seen any gameplay or anything, but just pulling it up, seeing the screenshots, reading what it's about, seeing that it's uh, 30% off at the moment, it's uh, $10.50 on the Australian eShop. I'm like, wow. So I go and I Google it just to see some um, reviews and it's not on Metacritic and there's no reviews for it, but currently on Steam, it's uh, rated at an 8.10. So quite quite good. And I see that the developers are XP, uh, uh, Epi uh, XR Games. And just like reading from, I went to their website and uh, Epic XR Games is a is a small independent game development studio and game publisher that was founded in May 2019. We are a team of five and strive to create uh, impactful, entertaining and exciting game experiences. We use Unity 3D to create games and focus, and our focus is on computer games as well as console games. Uh, the vision, we believe that Video games can be a vital part of art, culture, and education. While those things play an important role in the creation of our games, and most importantly, important part is you. Uh, we're giving our best to put a smile on your face and brighten up your day with a daily dose of fun and entertainment. So yeah, just uh, really cool. So a brand new um, development team of uh, five people, and this game really caught my eye. Like you know, I clicked on it just expecting like you know. One of those typical shovelware things coming from like mobile, um, just like with a, I don't know, a cute dog and whatever. But this looks really cool. Um, and it's uh, rated quite well on Steam. So, you know what? I might actually put my money on this and um, talk about it next week or the next week I'm on a podcast. So, yeah, it looks really cool. And if, you're, if you are interested in getting it for 30% off before it goes back to $15, uh, the sale ends on the 16th of November. So you've got a uh, what's the date? You've got a pretty much a week uh, when you listen to this. If you listen around the time the episode comes out, so pretty cool stuff. So that's definitely my recommendation for this week on Nintendo Wii Shop. My Little Dog Adventure, mind you, I haven't played it, but uh, yeah, that's right up my alley. Just a really, especially if it's like a two-hour adventure, you go through different areas. It's got a nice little dog story, all about that stuff. <laughs> So yeah, that brings us to uh, sort of Reggie's rec room, and uh, Reggie, Reggie, uh, you know, Bryce sort of teased him the other week. He went to his uh, went to his room, and he sort of ah oh, no 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 well maybe next week. So this week we're going to go to Reggie's rec room, and uh, we're going to be talking about what Nintendo needs to or could do in 2021 to compete with uh, Microsoft and Xbox against their new consoles. So Reggie, take it away. Hi, Nintendo fans, Reggie here. Thank you for your never-ending support, for giving me a mushroom kingdom full of incredible memories that I will never forget. Ever. Alrighty, thank you so much, Reggie. 
Thank you so much for uh, laying, laying us in your room. Uh, it's very nice in here, as always. Uh, you could pick up your cans and bottles, though. We've got a recycling bin. We put it just outside the door for you, so you could do that. So I'm going to take this opportunity to have another swig of this uh, Coke. I've got to say, like, I am a... I do love Coke way too much. Like, I really enjoy <laughs> just, like, a nice bottle of Coke. And, uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm addicted to it. I wouldn't say I am, but maybe I am. Maybe I am. I don't know. Regardless, I'm drinking it now, so what are you going to do? Alright, so this isn't going to be a super long topic or anything, but it is just interesting. But, you know, since 2017, uh, Nintendo's sort of had, I guess, the run of like all the, the hype and excitement behind their console without having too many distractions from them, really. Um, like in 2017, the Switch came out, and since then, like the PS4 has been tr- trucking along and doing awesomely, doing its thing. But it's, you know, on a completely different highway to, I guess, what the Switch is. And, uh, you know, the Xbox, you know, they're they're doing what they're doing. They have the Xbox uh, One X come out. But once again, that's just a a completely different thing to what Nintendo's doing. And not to say that the Series X and PlayStation 5 aren't completely different. Because they definitely are. You're not buying a PlayStation 4. uh, The same reason you might be picking up a Switch or a Switch Lite, obviously. Just completely different things. But... Going into 2021, uh, there is definitely sort of an argument that they're competing for you know, people's money because money is limited. With uh, coming out the global pandemic, you know, people, a lot of people would have lost their jobs. They would have not, not have the income to go and spend on uh, multiple gaming platforms or a gaming platform or just games in general or whatever it might be. So, uh, these companies are definitely sort of out there sort of trying to win mind share, I guess. And I have seen like people in our community being like, <sighs> like they're worried for Nintendo that, oh no, what's, what's Nintendo going to do? Um, yeah, their, their graphics are nowhere near as good or whatever. And it's, it's, it is, it is funny how it always happens. Like every time, a new console comes out. We all people always go back to like, oh no, Nintendo's in trouble. But not once has it been um, what Microsoft or any other company have done to affect Nintendo sales. It's always been Nintendo to affect their own sales. So like the PS3 or the PS4 or the Xbox 360 or the Xbox One, they had no impact or barely any impact on the Wii U. The Wii U sold how it sold because of Nintendo and Nintendo alone. <laughs> no one looked at uh, the Wii U and said like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, that's worth the money compared to a, you know, a PlayStation or an Xbox. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. But um, I, do, I do just want to put the, put the olive branch out to you guys. I want to find out what you guys think about what Nintendo needs to do to stand out in 2021 and uh, compete with the PS5 and Xbox Series X, mainly because, like, I guess at the moment, all of the sort of light is uh, on those guys just because they have brand new consoles coming out. But, you know, regardless, I don't think it's uh, it's um, anything to worry about. 
I think uh, Nintendo are definitely doing their own thing. But uh, they do need some big games to sort of uh, make sure people are paying attention to their platform. Um, I think Sony next year are going to have a, a great year just with Ratchet and Clank and going on to God of War. If that does come out, that will be very easily delayed, I think. But they're, they're slated to have just a, a great launch year. Um, so if Nintendo can come out and go, all right, we've got you know Breath of the Wild, we've got um, all these other games coming out, which uh, hopefully they do. Hopefully they do. So yeah, I don't have too much more to say on that, but it's just something I was thinking about. And like I see a lot of people just going, oh no, a bit worried about Nintendo, but yeah, they're fine. <laughs> so that brings us to the end of the episode. We fit all that in in a little bit over an hour. So pretty cool stuff. Thank you very much for spending your time with me, hearing me talking to your ears. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate your support of our podcast here at the House of Mario. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do, um, putting out this podcast each week. And uh, it's uh, definitely something that makes me smile. And I hope it brings a bit of smiling to you guys, especially with um, everything that's going on with the US election, coronavirus, et cetera, et cetera. Sorry to remind you about those things, but um, I hope uh, you enjoyed the last hour with me. So, guys, thank you very much for listening to this episode of The House of Mario, episode 167. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, you can leave us a review like Bungholio did. Good old Bung Holio, thank you very much. Uh, it really does help us with the algorithms and all of that on your podcast service of choice. And uh, you can follow me at twit on Twitter at Andrewby. You can follow the show at the House of Mario, and you can follow my usual co-host Bryce Dewitt at Ivy Revan. If you'd like to join our little Discord community, there is a link in the show notes. So go and join us. Talk with all of our. Uh, good mates over there it's been a bit quiet the last last week but um i really haven't had much time to sit in there and talk about games unfortunately it's been uh i've been getting home about 8 30 at night so it's uh straight the shower and straight the bed for drewy and it will be uh next week as well except for except for going up to um uh, for late night shopping um going to get my ps5 from eb games really looking forward to that that is what's keeping me going it's been it's been keeping me going for the last uh Last uh, six weeks or so. Just really looking forward to next generation of gaming. Cannot wait. And uh, a huge, a huge, a huge thank you to our Patreon producers, Luke, Sam Hay, and DJ. Uh, no apology for last week or <laughs> uh, well, two weeks ago for getting DJ. Really sorry about that, mate. Um, but super appreciate you guys and everyone else who supports us on Patreon at patreon.com slash idruby. Very much appreciated. It helps us uh, more than you guys would ever know. So thank you very much. And uh, this week's Nintendo Jukebox is a recreation of Super Mario 64's file select theme by Hyper Potions. And uh, this is really cool because Hyper Potions, I first found them because they did music for Sonic Generations, which came out almost three years ago now. So they do absolutely fantastic remixes and just original music and everything in general. Just really, really fantastic. And if you want to check it out, you can find it on Apple Podcasts. You can find not on Apple Podcasts, sorry. You can find it on <laughs> Apple Music, Spotify, or SoundCloud. They actually did a whole uh, EP, actually, um, with uh, different Mario remixes. And then the EP is called Mario Remixes. So if you want to go and check it out, I've left links to all of your favorite um, music platforms in the show notes. So, guys, until next week... The doors to the House of Mario are closed.
Catch you later.